This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Alan Hathcock, Chief Executive Officer and Medical Director at Northern Colorado Hospitalists. Alan, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. It's a pleasure to be here, Laura. Thanks for having me. Now, I'm really excited for our discussion. I know there's a lot happening in healthcare, and really, it's a critical time right now to uh, be looking ahead and making improvements and doing some really great things. But before we dive into our broader discussion, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background. Sure. So as you mentioned, uh, right now I'm the CEO and medical director of Northern Colorado Hospitalists as well as NCH Health Partners. Um, We're a large physician-owned independent regional hospital medicine and post-acute care uh, group in Northern Colorado, and we partner with University of Colorado Health Hospitals. Uh, I'm also the vice chief of staff at our level one trauma center, medical center of the Rockies in Loveland. So I'm kind of wearing a multitude of hats and, and internist by by training, and then I've been practicing hospital medicine now for for more than 10 years. Got it. That's really great to hear and definitely exciting to uh, just have all those different um, aspects of the healthcare system represented in, in everything that you do. And, you know, when you look at where we're at today, what are some of your top priorities? What is really top of mind for you right now? Well, I think, you know, one thing that we always are focused on is, is patient care. I mean, you have to have that as kind of your your cornerstone for any any program, especially a physician-owned and run group like ours. That's step one always. And so I think, you know, during the pandemic, there was a lot of uh, really shaking up of the the healthcare systems and processes. And and I think one of the big things that a lot of folks are doing, both within in our group and then in healthcare systems at large, is is refocusing on trying to provide the highest quality of patient care. So you know, looking at process refinement, things that need to change or adapt, maybe um, that's that's always going to be our priority. And I think um, so that's sort of step one for me always. And I think step two for us or kind of our second priority um, is still the idea that that we, we have to focus on recruiting the best people and retaining them. Um, burnout is a huge issue still all throughout healthcare, as as you guys and Beckers are well aware, I mean, there's just statistic after statistic with, um, you know, physicians and healthcare providers that are that are changing jobs, leaving the profession, et cetera. So that's probably our primary focus um, outside of the clinical realm specifically is how do we support our our frontline providers? How do we support our physicians in this kind of peri-pandemic era? Absolutely. I think that's such an important point. And, and definitely, you know, when you look at um, that aspect of being able to support providers and making sure that, you know, they're able to operate um, in, in a way that's providing great patient care, but without putting too much stress on themselves or, or feeling burnt out. Um, is there anything that you've been able to do over the last few years that has really supported them in this space and, and yielded some great results? Yeah. So, I mean, I think, um, the, the pandemic really was a good mirror to look at, at how you're doing things. Right. And we, I mean, luckily we've kept uh, 
percent turnover rate in our organization, even throughout the pandemic, which is extremely low. And that's really a testament to the fact that we, you know, we focus on all sorts of pieces of the physician retention puzzle. We we've looked at just the environment of how the rooms are set up, there are workrooms, for example. Do they really lend themselves? Uh, in a way to, to allow collaboration, to allow collegiality, kind of build that culture. And then our processes, just even from our day-to-day workflow, you know, our clinical workflow, our scheduling processes, we've really looked at all those, how we how we have services at the hospital, how our admission cycles go. All those things are, are part of, you know, de-stressing our, our physicians and sort of that, that um mental burden and that mental workload, trying to make it as smooth as possible. And uh, I think that shows you're investing in people. And so we've tried to say, hey, look, what do you guys need? What what do you think would be helpful to support you so you can sustain this career trajectory? And we've done some of those things. We actually implemented a sabbatical program that starts in January. So we kind of have a cycling sabbatical for um, for the physician owners of our group, uh, th- you know, over the course of several years where people can have that time away. And I think that, that people need that after the pandemic. That's just kind of one specific benefit that we, we found that our, our group uh, values quite a bit. There's obviously, you know, paternity leave, uh, looking at those type things, looking at all sorts of benefits programs. I think those are things we've really kind of turned over the rocks to see what we can do and improve upon to not only recruit physicians, but retain them once they're here. And so far it's been, it's been very helpful. Um, I think that's been the one aspect. And then from the leader side, really working on career development, you know, you need a deep leadership bench. And one thing we've been focused on is, you know, giving extra, extra financial support for people that go to leadership training programs and, and explore conferences and learn how to be a better leader for uh, physician and provider groups. And that's, you know, pays dividends down the road because you have more and more people that can really help your clinical processes and help navigate some of the obvious, you know, challenges that happen all the time in healthcare. So those are just some of the things that we've done to really focus on the physician retention and, and burnout piece. I love that. I think those are such great ideas and certainly areas that not only help the physicians, but the organization at large. And speaking of that, how do you see Northern Colorado Hospital as uh, evolving over the next two to three years or so? Uh, you know, it's a, we're in a growing region. Um, Colorado in general is uh, has always been high growth the last few years. The pandemic accelerated that. Northern Colorado, where we work in the region, uh, is just a tremendous uh, level of growth. And so, what that really means for us is, well, how do we, how do we um, upstaff to meet that demand uh, as our hospitals grow, uh, as our as our patient population grows in different regions, and how do we focus on maintaining our culture through that growth and expansion? I think that's uh, one thing that we are focused on right now. So that's a, a big part of it. And then another aspect in the next two to three years and some of the groundwork that we've recently laid is looking at kind of new and innovative ways to care for patients along the spectrum of care. We really see there being a lot of gaps in care right now where the inpatient to outpatient setting. And so we actually established a post-acute care division, um, NCH Health Partners, uh, over the summer and have launched in some skilled nursing facilities and acute rehab facilities around the area help with these transitions of care to try and kind of uh, bridge the connection for patients as they're as they're moving 
uh, into and out of the hospital and really ultimately try to prevent them from from having to come back in the hospital, try to keep them healthy. Uh, and so that's a, a big program that we're we're lifting right now. And so over the next two to three years, we'll be developing those transitions of care, um, trying to leverage some of the telemedicine opportunities and maybe even AI. I mean, we don't really know where AI is going to go, but we, we all think it's going to be a part of our life in tremendous ways. Uh, definitely over the next five years, probably closer to one to two years with the rate uh, that things are changing. And we're hopeful it's going to help us with new processes that that kind of alleviate some of the things I talked about earlier for our our physicians, um, maybe makes makes, you know, one extra tool uh, for either clinical decision making or or helping with documentation, all the things that that right now um, take more time out of a provider's day. We think that may help streamline things. So we're looking at a lot of those. And I, I do think that each of those aspects are going to be part of our our two to three year plan. Got it. That makes a lot of sense, you know, and it really uh, seems to tie nicely into the the initiatives and projects you already have. And, and thinking through, you know, um, that kind of digital transformation, how you're growing and developing and, and continue to be innovative. Um, what is it like for a, a, a leader um, to to kind of change that culture around that for um, the other physicians that you work with and your team? Um how do you make sure that everybody is looking at things in a new way um, and really embracing whether it's technology or other processes and methods to become more efficient and effective at what they're doing? No, that's a great question. I mean, change is hard for anyone. Change is exceptionally hard for physicians. Uh, it is something that we really message from the, from the get-go, from when we start recruiting people. From the beginning, we talk about the need to flex and adapt. And I think people who've been through the pandemic know that more than ever, that change is a part of healthcare and being flexible is a part of healthcare. And I think if you really remind people of the why uh, that you're doing the change, that's the key part, right? We know there's an underserved population um, of, of aging people in Northern Colorado that we can really help with their clinical care, keep them healthy, like I said. And I think when you, again, focus back on that, that you know, fundamental cornerstone of high quality patient care and doing what's best for the patients, it's it's easier to work through change management whenever everybody sees that that common that common thread, that common goal, and we work towards it. So it, you know, there's always change management. We like to use the Cotter model of change. It's a great one just to kind of plan change and messaging. And of course, it takes multiple permutations and everybody adapts differently. But I think if you can really relay uh, the why behind those changes and make sure you have the right stakeholders at the table. Um, and that again, falls to an excellent leadership team uh, who is ready for those initiatives and you make sure that your processes are in place. I think that's really what can make change messaging successful uh, for leaders. I love that. Thank you so much for that advice. Now, before we wrap up here, I know you already talked a little bit about some of the changes you've made on staffing and retention. Is there anything else you'd like to talk through or share with us that's uh, really been successful for you over the last year or so? Yeah, so um, the really we've made a concerted effort to rethink care delivery. Um, as I mentioned, you know, I think that care delivery is changing and I think we have to make sure that we're open to new models. It can't always be in-person face-to-face uh, -face care. And I think that's one thing that we're really trying to explore is how can we do it differently, more efficiently, um, in a way that serves the patients, uh, in a way that also can serve the providers, if that makes sense. So trying to 
to extend your reach without having to always extend the physical manpower. And I think that's something that, that we're still working on, still trying to figure out in our post-acute division. Um, but I think that will be one, one piece um, that, that I think is going to gonna continue to provide great results in the future for us, I hope. I love it. Well, thank you, Alan, so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been really a fun and interesting conversation, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thanks so much, Laura. I would love to come back. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, to help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way. Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.